Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Roll Radio. All right, before we start the show, I wanted to let you guys know about a cool new product I've been using. So as you probably know, I spend a lot of time sitting in front of my computer screen editing the podcast. And I realized um, that over the years, I kind of started to let myself go a bit. And I found myself feeling uh, tired and run down most of the day. Um, You know, and chugging coffee all day wasn't helping me any. So I decided to add some new health and wellness habits to my daily routine. So Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand, and their hydration multiplier is kind of like a long rest in a convenient little package. In just one stick, I get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. And I use it now in the mornings before I go for a long walk and when I'm feeling run down after editing all day. It's really been a game changer for me. My favorite flavor is Tropical Punch, and I always keep some handy in my bag of holding, right? And I also love that Liquid IV is made with premium ingredients and is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV also partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. Like True Heroes, they have donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. That's awesome. So I want to let you guys know that you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ROLLRADIO, all lowercase, at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Roll radio at liquidiv.com. All right, now let's tune in to Roll Radio. Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventures play the world's greatest role playing game. Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. We fade up on a dark windowless room, dimly illuminated by candlelight. In this room is a sturdy wooden work desk, laden with tools and clumps of raw clay. Sitting at the desk is a woman. Her back is facing us, so we cannot see her face, but her long blonde hair is unkempt and tangled. We slowly move closer. She is frantically working on something at the desk. She rocks her body back and forth and quietly mumbles. We then cut to a close-up of what she's working on. She's furiously sculpting something with clay. It's a horned humanoid figure, and we watch as she forms what looks like a sword that protrudes from the figure's chest. She then suddenly stops sculpting. She stops rocking and mumbling. She sits frozen at the desk. We then cut to a long, dark hallway with a closed door at the end of it, and then On the other side of the door, we hear a savage scream. (laughs) 
Alright, so we left off last session with you guys in the Flotion Library, where you discovered that someone was researching a place called Dragonspear Castle. And Jake, uh, he grabbed one of those books that they were researching. Yes, I did, and I've been reading it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we're in a dangerous dungeon situation. Yeah. Let me Jake's, read my book. Jake's walking with his book, and then Esmir slaps him. Quit reading your book. We're going to get killed. But it's fantastic. You should see this stuff. Just put it away. Mm. She grabs it from him. Put it away. And then you left the library. And now you're in a section of the manor with two intersecting hallways that look just like the servants' quarters upstairs. At the end of this hallway is a closed door. And down the southern hallway are three more closed doors. Guys. Corridor has more doors. Okay. <laughs> Let's go down the corridor. Okie doke. I'm gonna catch up. I'm gonna put my books, my new books in my bag and follow. I'm just gonna stay here until until Esmeralda moves. And if she moves, I'm gonna follow her. If she moves within moves like twenty feet away, I'm gonna start following her. Okay, guys, guys, come down here. Let's go down to this door over here. Everybody be quiet. That's why you're going, because we're not quiet. <laughs> I lean over over Esmir's shoulder and I whisper in her ear, Where's AC? He's, yo, he's behind us here. He's going to stay a little bit behind us, 20 paces, and he's going to keep an eye out. Jake, do you hear anything behind the stupid door? <laughs> you're in my way. You can use your ear from right where you are. Yes. I'm going to... Come over here. You just... You can go right over my head here. Listen. No. Oh, it's 14. All is quiet. Mm. All is quiet. It's okay. Just go on in. <laughs> okay, why don't you open the door? Because you're a big burly man. Okay. I'll go first. You look into a simple yet comfortable looking room furnished with three bunk beds with matching chests and stools. It looks very similar to the servants' quarters upstairs. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Any zombified servants in there, Jake? I don't see any from this angle. The room is empty and quiet, and you do a search, and you don't find anything of interest or anything of value. Okay. Okay. And then you check the room on the other side of the hall and find that it's also empty, and the door at the end of the hallway is another bathroom, just like upstairs. Okay, guys, let's just go up, check this other door up here. AC, did you see anything? AC's not seen anything. All right. I'm going to listen to this. I don't have good perception, though, but I'll listen. 18. Oh, nice. All is quiet. All is quiet. I don't trust my instincts here. I'm telling you, everybody's hiding in the dungeon. Maybe. Whatever those portals are, that's where we're going to find the mischief. So um, let's do a peek and poke. You look in and see sunlight coming in through windows in the eastern and southern walls. The dusty beams of light illuminate a table in the middle of the room. One end of the table is covered in clothes and sewing supplies. At the other end are several cloths and a pile of silverware. Ooh, silverware. 
<laughs> in the southeastern corner stands a fireplace with two leather armchairs in front of it. Several bookshelves stand along the western wall, and they're filled with books and games. Books and, and games. in the northern wall cool. is a closed door. Okay. Hmm. Let's go in. Okay, guys. There's a closed door, so let's be quiet while we go steal the silverware. Okay. <laughs> I want to head in and I want to check that bookshelf. Esmir goes straight for the silverware. <laughs> or actually, you know what? She's going to listen at this door first because she's got a bad feeling about that door. Mm. You know, when you're stealing silverware, it gets a little loud. There's got to be somebody on this floor. Colin, what are you doing? Uh, I was thinking I would stand back up against this wall so that if somebody pops through that door, I can, you know, take an opportunity attack on them. So I'm just going to guard the area and keep vigilant. Okay. And what do you roll, Esmer? 18. All is quiet. Okay, guys. I'm going to go. Where's the silverware? <laughs> on the table. On the table? Esmer's going to go start putting it into her bag of holding. But she's going to look at it first. Is it good? Yes. And it's all finely polished. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll have to send Lord Flotion a, a letter, a thank you letter. And on it says, um, make sure you shop for silverware before you return. Because <laughs> you don't have any more. Of course he's going to be cleaning up the dead zombie bodies. <laughs> I took it all. Hey, it's a finder's <laughs> fee, you know. But if it was a book, you would steal it without hesitation. I'm going to steal it. What's on this bookshelf? <laughs> and so you're checking out these bookshelves, and you can tell that this is, you know, like the servant's lounge, you know, where they might uh, relax or read and or play games. And uh, nothing here looks too interesting or valuable, except you do spot a beautiful landsport set made of crystal, wood, and gold. Ooh. Hmm. This is beautiful. Esmir. Yeah, give it to me. I'll take it. I know you will. Yeah, it would, it would look good in the parlor. I, I grab it and I, I grab it and kind of just like hand it over to her. It's cool. Pieces and all. I'm going to be with you. <laughs> while you're over here, Jake, I'll take a perception check. Ah, oh, 13. Okay. Check your chat window. Wait a minute. What is this? What the heck are you seeing? Underneath this rug, there's something underneath this rug. Careful. And I want to lift up the corner and investigate what is under the rug. Oh no. <laughs> I got a bad feeling Wait, about this. Wait, let me examine it first. Stop. <laughs> what? I'm like halfway crouched. Yeah, and before you can stop him, he flips up the rug and reveals a trap door. Ooh. Look, it's a trap door. Nice. I told you there was something under this rug. Come over here, quick. Okay, hold on a second. I want to get. I want to listen to um it through uh to the trapdoor. Use perception. Put your horn of hearing on there. That's a great idea, Esmir. I know. That is a fantastic idea. I know, man. That's what I do with my bag. Please, please, please be big. Ooh, twenty-four. Ooh, plus nine. Jeez, Louise. Well, it's a plus seven, plus two. Yeah, but that's a lot. All is quiet. Ooh, all is quiet. Hmm. 
Well, let me ask you this. Do you want to investigate that room to the north prior to going through? I think that we should go through this trapdoor to get downstairs, maybe. Because they might be guarding this staircase. Yeah, At least we can do a peek and poke. Peek and poke the trapdoor or the next door room? The next door room. I don't know. I think the DM's got a little bit of a weird smile on his face. It's throwing me off. I think he looks like that all the time. It's throwing me off. Inside his brain, he's like, oh, yeah, do that. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. (laughs) I mean, we could do a peek and poke on this trap door right now, just since we're in here. Mm. And the rug's pulled back. Yeah, let's do that. You know what I'm going to do is take the debate off the table and just look through the door. I'm going to do a peek and poke into the north room just to quickly see what's in there, if anything. 20 zombies. (laughs) But you can't avoid them forever. I open the door a crack and poke in my my eyeball. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. That's not going to be good. You look into a room dimly illuminated by windows on both the east and west walls. Through the eastern window, you can see a waterfall cascading down the cliff face. And in front of that window stands a beautiful wooden desk. Around the room are wooden bookcases. One of them has built-in niches for scrolls. And in the southwest corner stand three tall, narrow chests of drawers, like file cabinets. And in the northern wall is a closed door. This has to be the office, like the main, the Flotion main headquarters. Do you tell us this, Cullen? I, I, it looks like like the Flotion office. I'm gonna like stand up really quick, let go of the little key, uh, the little, uh, the hand, the ring handle on the trap door, and I'm gonna dash for the scroll. (laughs) (laughs) Shoulder me out of the way. I didn't even say there was a scroll. It's like you can smell them. (laughs) I heard a niche for scrolls. Mmm. You got a niche in your scroll, buddy. <laughs> you got an itch Be for niches. Be careful what you read. If, it's, if it looks like a magic rune, you better not look at it, you dummy. I'll give you the magic runes. <laughs> I'm going to come in. I'm going to stand right next to the door here. Okay, everyone who's in the room, roll a perception check. Okily dokily. 20. Nine. Number nine. Ooh, 26. Boy, if there's something to perceive, you just perceived it. All right, you guys take a look around, and though most of it's in Elvish, you can tell that it's all bookkeeping and accounting type stuff. Mm. There's at least a century of the, you know, the manners um, administration packed in this room. Uh, you even find some parchments that date back to the time of old Illifarn. Wow. Ooh. Well, this reminds me of how the Sumerians made, you know, a vast number of cuneiform clay tablets. But uh, those clay tablets mostly are just accounting. Like, sold three sheep to Robert last weekend. In exchange, received ten chickens. 
I must say, you sure have picked up on your history since you were in my tutelage. Jake, uh, uh, you're checking out the scroll niches, and with your perception check, you find, tucked away, three ornate ivory scroll cases. And each of them is inlaid with a gold two-headed griffin. Two-headed griffin, that's like the what's on the castle, right? Yes, it's the Flotion Sigil. I would like to first show Esmir these cases. They're closed, I assume? Yes. Okay, I want I want to, her to see like if she can cast Detect Magic on them. I don't want to open them until I find out that I can without the contents crumbling apart. And, and blowing up in your face. And burning up inside or whatever, as if they're like you know, trapped to destroy themselves, kind of a self-destruction thing. If the wrong hands turn the cap, beauty. <laughs> Esmia! Don't yell. Get in there. Should I roll my arcana? Well, you don't see anything on the scroll cases that uh, suggest anything magical. So she's shake. She's going to shake it. Okay. Uh, you hear something sliding around inside the tube. Okay. Can I investigate it? Sure. To see if there's like a, you know, a way to open it or. Yep. Ooh. Oh, oh <laughs> I got chipped. It was such a chip. So you see that it's a, uh, like a typical scroll case. It pops open on one end of the tube and it looks well sealed. Okay. Mm. I think what we should do is wait until you have another chance no! to roll. This could be a vital clue. And you're just going to stand there with it in your hand. Let's open one. And if anything Is happens. Is it easy to open if I try to open it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, hey, guys. I'm just going to pop this bitch open. Pop that bitch open. And <laughs> <laughs> pop it open. Okay, you pop it open, and inside is an arcane scroll. And you open the other two as well for a total of three spell scrolls. Two of them are scrolls of protection from good and evil, and the third one is a scroll of rope trick. Ooh. Ooh. That's fantastic. That's handy. So Jake can cast the scrolls of protection, and Esmir can cast rope trick. Yes, so I will take the protections, you take the rope trick, and then I'll just do my job, which is protect you guys. Cool. That is what Jake is there to do. Cool. To assist, you see. And Esmir, while you're over there checking out the desk, you find more of those torn journal pages. Sweet. Okay, what is this? Yeah, but before you read them, I'm going to prepare an action. Because every time you read them, we get attacked by elementals. <laughs> I think you're just being paranoid. It's all the, it's all the pipe weed you've been smoking. It's... You're the one who says there are no coinky dickies. Yeah, but I don't smoke pipe weed every 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's read it. Okay, so Cullen has to read it because it's in Elvish. Oh, that's right. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah, so I can't prepare an action. All right. Let me see here. All right, so this next entry reads... The voice was right. Help has come. Red wizards of Thay have come to bargain. They claim to have access to elemental nodes, points where the material plane and the elemental planes are connected, allowing access to their arcane energy. With it, they can help me rebuild the portal network. 
and in exchange, they will use the portals to send their armies all over the north and beyond. And in return, once they control the Sword Coast, they would grant me rule over the region around the Ardeep Forest. For now, I will play along, but I will only give them access to one portal for now. Then, once they rebuild it, I will take control of it myself. The voice thinks this is a good plan. Hmm. Sounds like she's possessed. That's the sister. That's gotta be the sister. Well, they said that they, the uh, these elemental nodes connect the ethereal plane. Elemental, with the- elemental planes, not the not the ethereal plane. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that whatever what whatever it was that entity that came through the blood and guts bathtub was coming from the ethereal plane ethereal into plane. the material plane. Got it. Got it. Because we are Go, just a it. you know a bunch of material girls here apparently. Yeah. Oh. But the um, the elemental okay. plane is a different plane. Got it. All right, so I'm reading back through the journal pages. I've been reading the journal pages, and entry three, she talks about nightmares and, you know, rivers of blood and a glowing portal. And then by entry four, she mentions the voice for the first time. She doesn't say anything about the voice in entry five, but then here in entry six, the voice comes back and is mentioned again. I think she's being controlled through her her dreams or her nightmares or something. Just like the opening scene in front of Daggerford with the guy who shot the the arrow. Exactly. The very first thing that happened outside of the gates. Remember guys? Do a little flashback. Oh, I remember well. Remember? And if my calculations are correct, the door to the north just goes back to the stairwell. Yes. No need to poke out there. Okay. Let's go back to the trap door. What do you say? Sure. Aren't there any knickknacks in this room? Uh, Are you looking for something in particular? Yeah, you know, like a little statuette or like a nice little uh, letter opener. (laughs) Sure. You find a nice uh, silver letter opener with a two-headed griffin on it. (laughs) Letter opener. Letter opener. Everybody uses scrolls. I'm not sure what you're doing with a letter opener, but... Hey, you need a letter opener for scrolls, too, sometimes. Is there a parchment pincher in here? It hasn't been invented yet. It will be, I'll tell you. <laughs> as soon as I've you been, find the right material. Been wrapping wires together and it just doesn't seem to work. It keeps falling apart. I have to think I think what it. you need is spring steel. I think I don't. But hey, <laughs> we'll keep on trying. Back to the trap door. All right, guys. Can you slowly open that up and peek underneath there? Jake will do it. Okay. You slowly open the trap door, and you see... Where is it? Blackness. Red eyes staring back at you. (laughs) Three-headed hydra. A zombie beholder. A minotaur. (laughs) You see, set into a stone wall, a brass ladder. 
and it leads down into what looks like a storeroom. This dark cellar is lined with shelves that are full of various household items, like candles, oils, linens, soaps, and towels. And on the western wall is a closed door. Hmm. Okay. And there's no sign of no sign of evil. Nope. It's empty and quiet. Okay. Let's go down. I want to go down into the room. Okay. Me too. So now we're actually in the basement, right? We're now in the the dungeon level. In the dungeon proper. Yes, you're now underground. I think that we should situate ourselves down here. And how far away are we from getting a long rest? Uh, well, it's the end of the day, so any time now. Good, because I say we bar the door with my immovable rod. No, your immovable rod's barring the other door, isn't it? Yes. Which other door? The door where the <clears throat> we're keeping all the bad guys away. Oh. Yeah, you barred the main entrance on the second floor. Ah, uh, because there was a, a bunch of bad guys and dread warriors and stuff in there. Okay. Um... What else is down here? Doing some uh, shopping for the apartment while we're doing, while we're saving the world. There's candles, oils, soaps, linens, and you know, like a bunch of cleaning supplies. Cullen grabs a sage-scented bar of soap. I already got enough of that crap. <laughs> I already got enough of that crap. Are there any good uh, spices down here? There's no food stuff down here. Just supplies no and cleaning okay. stuff. Housewares. Yeah, housewares. I know. Level one, housewares. Stino's, Stino's gonna do our housekeeping for us. <laughs> um, can I, can I, can I um, examine, like, is there any, well, there's a door, but there's not any, like, secret hatches or anything, are there? Mm. Seems like it might be a place that's got, like, a little secret drawer or something in it. Where they hide the really good silver. You can roll a perception check. I got an 11. Yeah, you don't find any secret switches or drawers. This seems to just be a storage room for the servants. I'm going to perceive the door sounds. 17. All is quiet. Interesting. Maybe we should uh, prepare to take a long rest and keep wa- like get on a watch. Uh, I want to at least peek through this door. Yeah, we should definitely check that door. I listened. I heard nothing. I'm going to do the peek in the poke. Okay, you peek out and see a dark stone hallway that heads north for about 50 feet and then turns east. And before that turn, another dark hallway intersects with this one, and that one heads west. And directly across from the door you're peeking out of is a closed wooden door. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. So I think that we might be safe in this room for a bit of time. It doesn't seem like anything in this, like that they're going to come in here. It's not like foods, you know. Yeah. They're not coming in here to grab potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Especially if we do watches. We could yeah. do watches too. And if something happens, then we just wake each other up. And Yep, exactly. We could listen at the door right across there, but. I, why tempt fate, you know? If we get attacked, then you know we might uh, find ourselves in a running uh, fight and uh, not have any time for any kind of rest. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's cool. 
Okay, so the plan's to hunker down in here and take a long rest? I would like to. Mm-hmm. I'll get all my spell slots back, which is nice. What's good is if they if they turn the servants into the zo- into zombies, they may not even be aware this room exists. And if we're at like some far unused corner of the dungeon, they they might not search here. Right, that's why we're gonna take a long rest here. Cause I, I'm almost out of spell slots too. Yeah, I mean I could heal and I could use another hit die regenerating. I definitely have to. I got a twenty. Long long rest it is then. Alright, so I'll give you guys a long rest in this underground broom closet. <laughs> and guess what, guys? It was uneventful? <laughs> no, actually, it's quite eventful, because it's time to hit level seven. Oh, wow. Hey, nice. Oh, my God. I feel like a million bucks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I Shit. Like three Let's million. go kill some guys. Jake starts dancing a jig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the last time you guys got awarded experience points was when you fought the Chain Devil back in Firehammer Hold. Oh, wow. So from then up until right now, uh, you guys have earned a total of 18,100 experience points. Wow. So divided by three, that's 6,033 XP for each of you, which puts you almost to 23,000, but I'm gonna give it to you for, you know, all the other stuff you've done. Nice. Like the games. Yeah, like the games and other side quests and things you've, you know, figured out. Nice. Level six, far out, man. Yeah, 22,883, 23,000. So I'm literally just 113 points away. Far out, man. So Cullen goes from 58 to 67 hit points, and you gain a new Battlemaster feature called Know Your Enemy, which says that if you spend at least one minute observing or interacting with another creature outside of combat, you can learn certain information about its capabilities compared to your own. The DM tells you if the creature is your equal, superior, or inferior in regard to two of the following characteristics of your choice. Strength, dexterity, constitution, armor class, current hit points, total class levels, or fighter class levels, if any. So I can ask you before combat begins or after it starts or when it's my turn? No, you have to observe someone for a minute minute outside of combat. Outside of combat. So if we're spying on somebody, like we're on a parapet and down below is like a dragon and we're being quiet and he doesn't see us. If I observe it for a minute, I can tell two things about it. Yep. And at seventh level, you also gain another superiority die. Oh, okay. So now you'll have five and you can also learn two additional battle master maneuvers. Cool. I need to pick two things. I mean, there's a couple of these I was researching a long time ago. I just remind myself which ones, because I'd already picked what I wanted next. I just can't remember. So I read through these before. And Jake, you get seven more hit points. Seven more hit points, so I'd be at 52. Yep. Nice. Nice. Um, And then I get 11, because it's seven plus 11. My cleric level is seven, plus my wisdom modifier is four. So I get 11, and currently I have 10. Yes, now you can prepare 11 spells for the day. Ooh, and I finally get a fourth level spell slot. Yes. Sweet. And Esmir, you want to take another level in wizard, correct? Yeah. So I'll be a six wizard? 
Yep, six levels in Wizard and one level in Bard. And your hit points will go from 36 to 41. Cool. And you get to learn two new spells, and you can now prepare 11 spells for the day. And as a level six divination wizard, you get a new feature called Expert Divination, which says, beginning at sixth level, casting divination spells comes so easily to you that it only expends a fraction of your spell casting efforts. When you cast a divination spell of second level or higher using a spell slot, you regain one expended spell slot. Oh, that's pretty fucking The slot cool. you regain must be of a level lower than the spell you cast. That's cool. Which ones are divination? I have to go look. Yeah, as of right now, I don't see any spells of uh, divination spells of second level or higher. Okay. Yeah, so I know I kind of surprised you guys with leveling up. Uh, so you can, you know, you can take your time to go over the spells, and Cullen, you can look over the maneuvers, and and you guys can have something ready for the next session. Sure. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Yep. But in the meantime, uh, while you're taking this long rest, uh, Jake, how about you read some of that uh, Dragonspear Castle history book to the party? I would love to. It's fascinating, you know. Oh, boy. (laughs) Might be some interesting info in there. Mm -mm. And I whispered to you some of the highlights. Okay, cool. Let me read to you a bedtime story. <laughs> it is all about the history of the Dragon Spear Castle, and as I'm reading through it, it's fantastic. <laughs> now, can you all hear me from over there in the corner of the room, Esmia? Yes. Listen up. You see, it starts with a dwarf by the name of Daros Dragon Spear, who built a castle around the lair of his companion, a copper dragon named Halathalea. Hala... Halathathlea. Halatosis. Halatothus. Halatosis. He had real bad breath. Well, he was a dragon. Well, he was this... He was this copper dragon, and it was kind of like his buddy. And so he built this castle around um, his lair. And it was here, where in the year 1290, Ithteros... Casalia built the first portal to Avernus. And Jake is going to look up to see what their reaction is. I'm I'm like, what's Avernus That's again? That's where it all started. <laughs> That's where all the problems started. Well, correct me if I'm We're wrong. We're doing stupid portals. I do believe this is where our good friend and 2T, Elric, was taken. <laughs> ah, so it's a hell dimension. Ah, you see. But I digress. You see this evil Casalia fellow, he bound the dragon and then tricked Darrow's dragon spear into entering the portal, an act which unfortunately claimed his life. That's not nice. Well, armed Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jake. I'm sorry, what? What was their deal? Why would he do such a mean thing to this poor fellow and his dragon? Well... By maybe he was under some spell. Who knows? <laughs> Let's read further on. Armed expeditions from Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate swept through Dragonspear Castle, though it seems their efforts to destroy the portal were fruitless. And so they established the fortified Tempurin Temple, known as the Hold of Battle Lions. 
and from which they could stand guard over its entrance, you'll see. Mm. Well, this too, however, proved to be useless as devils <laughs> poured in through the unsealable portal and ultimately overtook the castle. This, my friends, would ultimately lead to the first Dragonspear War, just two years thereafter. And it says here, where one night beneath the cloak of a dense fog, the forces from Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate swept in to surround the castle, setting fire to its structures and defeating the devils within. Hmm. Yeah, but they didn't close the portal. Did they close the portal? Well, let's read further, but I find it interesting that you can defeat devils with fire. Aye, but, you know, if they burnt the place up, then it would all be a ruin now, right? Well, let's let's read further. I'm not so sure. I have a feeling there might, there's going to be a second war with the same name. That's, weird. That's what people like to <laughs> Usually do. Usually pretty quickly after the first one. I'm getting to that, you see. they didn't resolve all see. the issues from the first one. <laughs> You're going to get that out eventually. Well, and there, there was, there was, and it because the creatures from the under, underworld were obviously not very happy with this, right? So I can only assume their humiliation burned deep, no pun intended, because not long <laughs> af- thereafter, they regrouped under a pit fiend named Bell, who would then lead them back to retake Dragonspear Castle. Mm. This was an act which triggered the second Dragonspear War. Okay, now, like, this pit fiend guy, this pit fiend guy, is he our friend that we fought over at the you know where's? Firehammer hold? No, it is not, and this is why. Mm. You see, once they had the castle in their, their gnarly clawed clutches, Bell gathered an army of humanoids, and they first destroyed the little village known as the Way In before moving on to attack Daggerford, you see. But it reads here that a motley force of combatants led by a handful of adventurers beat them back. And not only beat them back, but apparently they even killed this pit fiend, Bell, by plunging a holy sword of tempest named Elidriel into his chest. Where's the sword now? It, uh, it doesn't say, but... Okay, hey, was it, was it a motley force or a motley crew? Because those are two different things. We're going to go with motley force this okay, time. Okay, because I think the motley crew thing's got a better ring to it, but yes, let's but just go with force. Much more marketable. Force. Let's spare ourselves cowbells. Now, I, they, said they, stuck I, the, they said they stuck the sword in him, but did they actually kill him? Well, it did. They killed him with this holy sword named Illidrio. Or did they think they killed him? Well, it was plunged into his chest and they watched him die. (laughs) So to speak. Okay, read on. Why did you you stop reading? Yes, keep going. Why did you stop? Because I was so rudely interrupted. And listen, you've got to keep your voices down. We're sorry. Shh. Come on, keep reading. Well, it was at that point when they were able to finally close the portal, you see. Mm. And and from then, the castle, they cleansed it of any demonic forces, and the wards and shrine protecting its underground portal were reinforced. But let's see how this continues. Ah, here. Almost a hundred years later, the portal to Avenus was briefly opened once again, but closed in short order thanks to the effort of or efforts of a group of adventurers under the leadership of a purple dragon knight who went by the name 
Sir Istavo. Isti. Wait a minute. He's crew. This can't be right. Jake starts flipping like to the next page and back again and back and forth. So Sir Istavo was aware of this portal the entire time. We told him of Elric's demise, yet he never spoke a word of this portal. Now, did he? Mm, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Maybe he's the bad guy. No, I'm just kidding. I have a bone to pick with Sir Estival when I get back. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Hold on a second. So this pit fiend guy... Bell. ...had a hole... Bell had his little hidey hole over in the Dragonspear Castle... And then it got open and closed and open and closed and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Uh, it got now, open but not closed. Yeah, and then he used villagers, i.e. humans, because they're so gullible, to come and try and take over again. And that's what he's probably doing now. But maybe he wants to open up a different portal to get in a different way. I don't know. Hmm. Hi, but I thought Bell got got struck by the holy sword of yeah, but Tempest. The- how many times have you seen a bad guy die and then come back in the next episode? <laughs> the sequel. The sequel. Maybe this pit fiend's friends with the other pit fiend. Maybe it's his uh, great-grandson or something. I thought they were immortal. You know, these demons and devils. What does, can, what does Esmir know about pit fiends in general? They're devils. Yeah, they're devils. And you'd also know that they're uh, they're like powerful, high-ranking devils. They're like lords or generals, and they usually lead legions of like lesser devils. So we know that the the guy that's been watching everyone, right? Everybody says, what do they call? The master. The master. The master, mm-hmm. the master yeah. Is this pit fiend. I thought Saztam was the master, right? I thought the pit fiend was the master because when we were fighting him, he said, Oi, baby, I've been the one that's been trying to kill you this oh, whole time. Oh, that's right, because Saztam is, 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 is a right? yes. an undead red, red wizard guy. Yes, and you finally met this master at Firehammer Hold, and you guys discovered that he was a pit fiend. Mm. Did he introduce himself, though? I don't think so. He did not. He didn't tell you his name. Okay. So maybe it is Bell reincarnated. I, well, reanimated. Do we know what happened to the the sword? Does it say anything about the, the what happened no. to the sword? No. Are there any illustrations in this book? Perhaps we could compare it to our memories. Let's see. No. <laughs> There's also these nodes. They claim to have access, the Red Wizards have claimed to access to these elemental nodes, points where the material plane and the elemental planes are connecting, allowing access to their arcane energy, which is probably what happened in that murder scene. Right. With that, with it, they can help rebuild the portal network. In exchange, they will use the portals to send their armies all over the north and beyond. So they got, they're trying to find a new way in. By reopening the old elven portals. So they're they're trying to get to the nodes where they could access their arcane energy and they could rebuild the portal network so that they could use those portals to get through. Right. But if you think about it, the one that was built and closed was in Dragonspear Castle. That was the one that went right. to... Um, 
But that's not the one that the elves made. No, they were dwarves. But it was uh, it was the guy that came in to kill the dwarf. It was the guy. It was uh, um, what was his name again? I just said it. It was um, Kasalia. If Tarus Kasalia built the first portal, and then this guy. Um, and this portal that this guy built specifically goes to Avernus. So it's not like a gateway that you can, you know, use to like fast travel to other places. It just leads to and from Avernus, the first layer of hell. Oh, yeah. But isn't there, okay, isn't there a portal in the Flotion Estate? Yes. Not the portal, but a portal. Yes. Yes. I think there might be more than one, but they're deactivated. But they're not the the portal that goes to hell. But it clearly no. they're going to try and use these portals to somehow get their bad guys through. Yes, right. The Thay enforces because you know that Thay is far to the east. It's really far from the Sword Coast. Many a ten day, many a ten day away. Yeah. So <laughs> in the last journal page we found, she says. I will play along, but I will only give them access to one portal for now. Then, once they rebuild it, I will take control of it myself. So it sounds like she's got her own plans. Right. And then after that, it says, the voice thinks this is a good plan. So what does that tell you? Oh, so they were going to fuck over the... um, Red wizards. The the red wizards, because they're not the sharpest tools in the shed either. The funny thing is her line, I will play along, but I will only give them access to one portal for now, which is hilarious. Like, she actually thinks that she could somehow battle them back by herself. Mm. I'm only giving you access to one portal. (laughs) Also, I think she's implying that that the Red Wizards themselves are also being manipulated. No. No. The Red Wizards are like, The Red Wizards are in, yeah. They're like, bro, we'll help you out because we're bad guys like you. Right. You know what I learned was that there's some special sword. I like special swords. Unless they're cursed. (laughs) Then you won't like it. And it depends on the curse. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a history of Dragon Spear Castle, you see. It's wonderful. I have to bring this back to the silent room, even though it's probably already there. I see that it's worked. (laughs) Now, where's my jig juice and my twinkling pipeweed? Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so the party has finished exploring the first floor, and they've made their way into the basement via a trap door that led them to uh, the servant's storeroom, uh, where they got to level up to level seven, which is always fun, and uh, they're getting up there, right? They also found another journal page and learned more about the Red Wizard's plans. And they also learned some history uh, from that book that Jake took from the library. 
And once again, just like with the uh, the book about Halia, I sent Brian like a little uh, synopsis of all the info that pertained to their story and things that were, you know, needed to uh, advance the plot and things for them to, you know, discuss and theorize about. And again, I thought it worked out great, you know, to have a player impart the information uh, much better and much more fun than me spouting out the info. They learned a lot, and I barely had to say anything. And I believe doing it this way makes the players feel more like they're discovering the info and, and the clues, uh, rather than the GM just telling them what they need to know. And I hope you're enjoying discovering these things along with the players. If you are, please consider supporting us through donations at Red Circle or by becoming a patron and getting access to lots of outtakes and other fun stuff. And you can always support us by supporting your dice addiction by going to fanrolldice.com and get 10% off your order by using the code ROLLRADIO. And hey, the holidays are coming up. Time to buy yourself or your tabletop friends some dice for your next game night. The game we're playing is Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module by Wizards of the Coast. All the in-game music and sound effects are from Sirenscape.com because epic games need epic sounds. Alright, thanks again for listening to Roll Radio and tune in next time as the party discovers more clues and Esmir goes up against her arch-nemesis, a fountain. <laughs>